Thank you, guys, ladies, gentlemen. And while you're standing, let's look at the word together. One verse from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1. And I'm so grateful that all of you are present this morning, especially privilege of mine, always a privilege to have my bishop and the bishop of the churches of God in North Georgia, 300 churches, 110,000 members. He takes a bottle of Tylenol every day. Bishop Madden has been not only my bishop, but a dear friend. So we're honored, sir, to have you with us. Just raise your hand, Bishop, so they'll know. Amen. So the Word of God says, Hebrews 12 and 1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Put your hands in my direction. I will in yours. And let's pray for each other a few moments. What powerful singing, God. What anointed praise and worship. Wonderful miracles are taking place as we believe. We may expect them. They may surprise us. Either way, let the miracles come. Give us endurance and perseverance that we will run the race and finish well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. All except Pastor Trey and Monty. Church, here's a little analogy. If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, he didn't get there by himself. Y'all got that? These singers this morning, hate to call them turtles, but they didn't get there by themselves. You and you and your love and your vision and your burden and your joy couldn't do it without you. I remembered when I had your energy a long time ago. You don't have to stand, but give them a God bless you and thank you. Well, stand if you want to. bless you. Thank you both. I thought I would note it later and, and just indulge me if you will uh, since you can't stop me. Uh, my daughter Jennifer and her husband Edward with our two granddaughters Fallon and Farah are with me this morning. We don't get to worship together a lot because her husband will not let her. Jennifer and Edward, we just stand so the church can see you both. Yeah. Would you roll that video? The video here will help me move into the Word. I'd like for you to see it's a couple minutes long, but it won't belabor you.
Say amen by faith. I have been looking at the movie Chariots of Fire twice in the last two weeks. Excellent movie about racing and foot racing and relay racing and hurdle racing. During that time, the, the Holy Spirit brought to my mind several in the scripture who raced. Life can be compared to a race. So in the book of Numbers, I went and read again more than once the relationship of Moses and Joshua. The first 40 years of Moses' life was given to living in Egypt in Pharaoh's palace. The second 40 years of his life was given to wilderness wandering. I mean, know you can learn a lot of things in the wilderness. Have been to the wilderness? If you haven't, Brother Willie says, keep on living. The last 40 years of his life was given to deliverance. God used him to deliver slaves, his own people. There came a time, however, when he got older and couldn't do as much. Strength diminished. So he passed the baton to Joshua. The whole land had not been conquered. There were a lot of enemies. They would cross the Jordan River and conquer eventually under the leadership of Joshua. But Moses mentored Joshua. Joshua kept the race going. Because he was under Moses. He knew what to do. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 16. You know the relationship of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was mightily moved by God to do miracles that were, as any miracle should be, awesome and much needed. He had traveled far and wide. And one of the greatest accounts we have in Scripture is, is that Elijah called for a showdown of all the false prophets of Jezebel. Ladies, if your mother didn't name you Jezebel, you didn't miss nothing.
450 false prophets on a mountaintop against one man of God. And if God be for you, who will be against you? Fire came down from heaven, consumed the altar, consumed the sacrifice, and God made himself strong among them. But then the Lord said to Elijah, I want you to mentor Elisha. And I want you to anoint him. He's going to be your successor. And after Elisha was anointed, he did twice the miracles than Elijah. And Elijah wasn't a bit jealous because he wasn't nobody found. Caught up in a fiery chariot. But let me give you another account very quickly. David passed the baton to his son Solomon. David had made the kingdom successful because of God's presence with him for over 40 years. David had done all that God called him to do, and he did it well. He would leave a wonderful legacy that he didn't want destroyed. David was not a perfect man. He was referred to, however, as a man after God's own heart. Men and women, that's, that's the best compliment you can get. After David's time and season was fulfilled, Solomon would figuratively stand on the David on David's shoulder, David would pass the baton. David wanted to build a temple for God because God was so good to him. God says, no. You, David, done well, but you shed too much blood in the land. And I want my house to be associated with blood, not that kind of blood. Solomon went on to build a temple and David passed the baton. It was awesome. Solomon would be a man for his generation just like Moses and Joshua, Joshua and Elisha. In the New Testament, Paul, the apostle, passed the baton to Timothy. I, I was contemplating this and I wrote this down to ask you, which other preacher, teacher, and apostle do you know in Scripture who suffered more for the gospel than Paul? I mean, you know, running is not always easy. I mean, there are perils in running. The race is not for the swiftest. But he that endures to the end. Alex, I don't know if there's a scripture to this, but if there is, I welcome you to post it. In 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six, about Paul's running and journeying often in perils. In perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. 
in perils of the Gentiles and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils of the sea and perils among false brethren. I like this part. Before he passed the baton to Timothy, he testified. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Wouldn't you love that be said of all of us? Fought a good fight. Finished the race. Yep. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also all who loved his appearing. Like Joshua, Elisha, Solomon, Timothy. They all became men for their generation. Approximately 33 years ago, founding pastor of this church, then known as Peachtree City Church of God, passed the baton to me. Then, and until now, I trust I've been the man for my generation. It's time for me to pass it on. My 33rd anniversary with Valerie and not our wedding, but the church. On March the 30, on March the 25th, pardon me. And on that day, I will step aside as your pastor. I'm not retiring. I'm not resigning. I'm just being reassigned in this ministry. With the approval of my bishop, whom I introduced a moment ago, with the approval of the church elders, I will serve in another capacity in this church. I'm not transitioning because my health is failing. As far as I know, I'm not scheduled for burial. As the bishop knows and so does the staff, I'm not transitioning because I'm being forced out. So just tear it at me a moment. I've rehearsed this a hundred times. I 
I know how to stay in a place. I've done it for almost 33 years. I know how to do that. I just don't know how to leave because I've never rehearsed that. Never had to. I'll be 61 years old when I transition. And so the question may be for some of you, I know it was for me, why are you stepping down? Aside, I should say. It's because I know where this church needs to go next. Vision, and I know that. Vision has not ceased. However, this is as far as I feel I can take it. We need a man for this generation. The vision and mission for this church needs to be revisited and passionately pursued. And I, I want to tell you this if I believe anything. I believe the Lord is coming soon. And we've got to redeem the time. There's a whole new generation. You saw them this morning need to be encouraged and reached and loved and have mentors and models. You need a man for this generation. And I will tell you this with being transparent. Sometimes the load is a little heavy. I don't say this for pity, but I stay up some nights and early mornings that I've never told anybody about. I've cried over some folks that are yet to come in. I've done some funerals for some people that it was way too early for them to go. I've dealt with some folks that I cannot tell you about which I dealt with them. But it gets a little heavy. I'll give you a light moment here. Some of you I haven't ate at your house yet, so I'll have a lot of time to uh, come see you. So having told you that I'm transitioning and stepping aside, I'll tell you who's next. And I've prayed about it. And the answer's clear to me. my selection my desire and my joy with the 100% approval of my bishop with the unanimous vote of the church elders Bishop Madden has worked with me and your incoming pastor for months And I am thoroughly delighted to announce to you that 
Your next lead pastor will be Pastor J.C. Worley and his wife Kimberly and their lovely family. anymore. <laughs> you go ahead. As the uh, administrative bishop, it is my responsibility for the appointment and placement of pastors, the oversight of our churches. And this is the most critical thing that I do. As he said, the number of churches and members, uh, it's crisis management on a daily basis, but it's spiritual, and the placement of pastors is the most critical thing that I do, because it affects the lives of people, affects the lives of churches. I want to affirm my friends today, Pastor Allen and Valerie Matura, we have uh, grew up together. Our dads were pastors in South Carolina. He preached for my dad as an evangelist. We went to Lee University together, all of us. I think if you would have uh, read to read to me the script that I would be involved in this today, I would pretty much have laughed and said, no, we'll probably go different directions. But I do believe this is the will of God. And it's an honor for me to be a part of this process. And I affirm them because the scripture says this, to everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. What a beautiful season this has been. It's not over, okay? Let's look back. Almost 33 years ago at this church, which was called Peachtree City at that time, Church of God. There were 35 members. Today there are 1,601 so during those 33 years, there have been over 1,800, almost 1,900 members come into this local church. 850 people have been baptized, and 4,451 to this point have been saved during the last 33 years. Put your hands together and give God praise for that because that's what it's about. That's what it's all about. First Sunday, there were 39 people here. Now there are between 1,100, 1,200 on any given Sunday. Four major building projects, the purchase of property of 25 acres. Personally, Pastor Allen and Valerie have served on numerous state, regional, international boards, been involved around the world in orphanage projects. And that's the testimony of peers and God's hand upon their life. You know, I want you to think of the world 33 years ago. There's one place that when I come to this church that I always go to every time. The sanctuary is beautiful. Fellowship Hall is beautiful. The office complex is beautiful. But the place I always go to is the timeline. Down to my right and to your left. I, I always go there. And I always go to the very beginning. I know Christmas is coming. You know how it is, how we take pictures at every every Christmas. 
we're wearing the same ugly Christmas sweater we wore the one before. And many times I'll just look at my family and go, let's just get out last year's picture. We're sitting in the same spot. We're doing the same things. But as I look at those pictures, I do look a little different every year. I get a little older. And uh, I go back and look at that. 33 years ago, I thought of this yesterday. I thought of many times that I would get off the airplane at Hartsfield-Jackson and my responsibilities, and I would take off and get to a phone. There were banks of phones. There were hundreds of phones in Hartsfield-Jackson. I'll give you $100 if you can find a pay phone in Hartsfield-Jackson today. Because just as soon as that plane lands, everybody's got their cell phone and they're going off. I mean, the wheels touch. You don't go anywhere without this. Times change. There is a season. There were no cell phones, no iPads, and we wrote checks. Times change. What an amazing work that God has done through your pastor. And I will pick up. I'll pick up on what David that I thought about. One second, one second, and I'll let you clap. One verse of scripture he was talking about David. The Bible says that David served his generation well. What a testimony to some. That is a testimony I want of my life and what I can say about them today. They have served their generation well. Now you can clap. But here's the great part about it. It's the timeline 33 years ago when they came. The pictures looked funny. There was hair. Children would come. Grandchildren would come. What a beautiful season of life. Here's the point. God is not finished. God knew 33 years ago that we would be right here today. He knew every statistic, and this was his will. This is what he wanted. This is what he ordained. And we have to understand that God uses finite, perishing men and women to build his eternal kingdom. That is what he does. And he always has a man, he always has a woman to do that. So this process happens like this. It is the responsibility of leadership, as he talked about. My, my responsibility as well as working with the elders and leadership of the local church. I'd like for the elders, if they would, to come and stand across the front. If you're here this morning, would you please come right now? You may face the congregation, brethren. In these situations, it is the responsibility of leadership to ask the tough questions, to meet with potential candidates, to vet, to talk about vision, to talk about the future. Because there is one thing for sure, if God is in it, the future will look different than it does today. It looks different today than it did 33 years ago. And if the Lord, return, if, if the Lord tarries, which 
as pastor said, at any moment, I, I believe he's coming. But if he were to tarry 30 more years, 30 years will look much more different than it does today. So you have to trust leadership. And that's something that's counter to our culture in the world in which we live. We're, we're skeptical of leadership. And many times leaders have failed us and, and we have a right to be skeptical in some regards. But these are the men who labor among you week in and week out. They have knowledge of this church. A vision for the future is something that has to be in a potential candidate. Someone who understands the future. Someone who has a foot in today's culture, but also has a foot in tomorrow's culture. And the biggest thing is this. Someone who feels called to this pulpit. Someone who feels they have the hand of God. This is not corporate America. This is not Chick-fil-A. This is not Coke. This is not Delta. This is about the eternal destiny of men's souls. That's why we exist. So the overwhelming choice, as Pastor shared with you, was J.C. and Kimberly Worley. Four years ago, and I might as well jump into this, it was my fault, partly my fault, you can blame it on God, but I was in the middle of it that took them away from South Metro and brought them to Washington, D.C. It feels very good today that this is going to be my fault, that I'll take some credit that they're coming back to South Metro. But here's what happens. J.C. and Kimberly possess a huge vision for the future. Huge. Their work in D.C., get this now, this is very important. Their work in Washington, D.C. is already an extension of South Metro Church. It's already an extension. And what he will come and do, he, will have, he has a huge vision and through technology now. You know, this generation likes to watch a screen. They will watch sermons by video, and there will be technology that he will be able to share with that congregation in D.C. There'll be a campus pastor. There'll be great praise and worship, and he'll be able to be a pastor of various locations. And all of this has been discussed with your leaders, even multiple cities. And the vision, listen very carefully, the vision of South Metro can go around the world. Who are you, who am I to limit God. Okay, that was about 20. Who am I? Who are you to limit God? There is nothing that he cannot do. I can tell you this. They will not return as they left. There were three of them when they left. There are four of them when they return. Beautiful new young baby girl that was born there, but they also return with a mark of maturity from their experiences that were here. I know I was with them. We experienced that, and God has just tremendously placed their hand upon them. God's going to lead, and God is going to direct. Now, here's what's going to happen. The elders, the leadership knows this. Pastor Matura, as he said, the beautiful thing about this is they're not going anywhere. He's still going to be here. He's still going to be on staff. You're going to celebrate in a great way 33 years. And I know that you're going to do that right. But in January, J.C. and Kimberly will return and begin the transition of leadership. 
Pastor Matura will continue to be the lead pastor through March. And at the end of that time, then we will make the official transition. As I was coming here uh, this morning, I had my notes all prepared during the week. As I was riding here this morning, I had not thought of this verse of Scripture. I had not pre-planned this at all. But as I was riding here this morning, I heard the Holy Spirit. I know. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. I know the Lord when He speaks to me. As I was riding here in the quietness of this morning, I heard the Holy Spirit whisper this passage of Scripture to me found in Isaiah chapter 54, beginning at verse 2. Isaiah 54, beginning at verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Listen. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. I tell you prophetically this morning, the latter is going to be greater than the former. The hand of God is upon the church. He is going to continue to move. He is going to continue to bless because this is the church. It belongs to him. He purchased it with his own blood. Now here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You've heard the heart of your pastor today. Normally in these situations, in the church of God, there's a vote of affirmation. Normally that comes, according to our bylaws, by members who are 16 years of age and up and who are regular tithe members, tithe-paying members. And sometimes I get in church situations that are uncomfortable. Some people are vocal who don't have any skin in the game. Being translated, they're not members and they don't pay tithes, but they want to run everything. That's not the case here at South Metro. This is family this morning. I sense the presence of the Lord. I sense unity. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning as a vote of affirmation to what we have heard, what we have sensed, what we feel upon the leadership that has unanimously approved this. And we met, asked the tough questions, and they were tough questions. This wasn't easy. 100% unanimous vote and so we're bringing that to you this morning if you would say with me this morning I've heard the heart of my pastor I sense the leadership is in agreement here and if you would agree with us today that this indeed is the will of God it's time that a strong, even stronger day will come and that is not a detriment to the past that is the will of God that things get stronger and get better because that means that people are one into the kingdom. And if you would agree with us today as a vote of affirmation, we're going to have prayer. Would you stand with us, please, all over the congregation this morning? Amen. Amen. Virtually unanimous all over this congregation this morning. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. Would you just lift up your hands this morning? Can we just pray a prayer of affirmation of this process? 
that the latter is going to be greater than the former. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for the privilege that we have of living today. We thank you that you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. You saved us, redeemed us, and everything that we are and everything that we have or ever will have, we owe it to you. We thank you for this church that in the beginning of time, you saw it. You mapped out its destiny. You called a man and a woman to this place 33 years ago that you would miraculously use to you be all the glory for everything that has been accomplished, for the souls that have been saved, for the words of encouragement that have gone forth from this pulpit. And Lord, we know that even the nights that they have been up in concern for the care of the sheep, you saw it, you know it. Every tear that was prayed, we know that, that it is in a bottle here today in your eternal kingdom. And you will repay, you will reward faithfully, Lord, for the faithful service that has been given. But we also know now we come to a time of transition. It has happened all through Scripture. And until you come, it will continue to happen. We believe with all of our heart that you have charted the destiny and the course for pastors J.C. and Kimberly Worley. We thank you for them. We thank you for the vision that you have placed in their hearts. And today we come in affirmation of that process. We decree and we declare that the latter will be greater than the former. We believe your word today, and by faith we're going to stretch out our, our stake and lengthen our cords and stretch out our stakes that, that we would go all over this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've made it possible through technology. It does not belong to the devil. It belongs to you today. We decree the lordship of Jesus as we go forward. And during this transition today, I plead the blood of Jesus that there be no loss of life, there be no, no, no contention whatsoever. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You have no right and you have no authority. We release right now mighty warring angels to be over this house, to cover this house, to cover the business of this house. We decree and we declare the will of God will be done. No weapon that is formed is going to prosper. We speak that in the name of Jesus. We decree it done for your name's sake. And amen, amen, and amen. Will you give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house? God bless you. You may be seated. Now as you turn your attention to the video screen as the future pastors of South Metro Church of God greets you this morning. Good morning, South Metro family. Uh, Pastor JC and Kimberly here. And if you're watching this video, that means that you have survived, at least initially, what some might call a bombshell announcement made by Pastor Allen. And the truth is, all of the emotions that you're experiencing right now, they're real and they are raw. And to be quite honest, you're allowed to express those emotions. Now for Kimberly and I, we're certainly biased, but we don't know of a better couple than the Maturas. They have led South Metro Ministries for 32 and a half years with great integrity, with abundant passion, and with unmatched commitment. And really what they've done is they've laid an incredibly healthy foundation so that the ministry can grow to the next level. And Kimberly and I were so honored and humbled and overwhelmed and even excited to follow in their footsteps. And the truth is, we didn't know that God would direct our steps back home, 
but what an amazing God we serve. We really do serve an amazing God. I was only six weeks old when my parents moved from South Carolina to Georgia to pastor what was then called the Peachtree City Church of God. And until God sent JC into my life, my dad was the only pastor I ever sat under. And that church was the only church I ever called home. So as a daughter, I am full of emotion for my parents making this huge decision in their ministry. And I'm overwhelmed and honored that God would choose us to carry the baton of responsibility in this next season. So South Metro, we want to make a commitment to you. Come on. We will love you unconditionally. We will pray for you continuously, and we will work hard to maintain the integrity of South Metro, both locally and globally. Come on, amen to that. And I know we can't make a lot of guarantees, but you can take this to the bank. We will preach the truth from God's word. I believe that we will encounter the presence of God. We will challenge you with spiritual and practical truths. We will encourage you to go after your God dreams, and we're going to be intentional and strategic on how we can reach the unchurched and the de-churched and the anti-churched people, not only in the South Metro Atlanta area, not only right here in Maryland, but wherever the spirit may lead. We believe that we're gonna see lost people saved and saved people discipled. I'm confident that sick people will be healed and broken marriages and families are gonna be restored. Watch this, we're gonna place a top priority on healthy families, children and student ministries, we're going to honor the past, but also dream big for our future. Come on, I feel like preaching right now. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them, say amen, right? And over these next few months, Kimberly and I were so excited to work alongside mom and dad. And I'm just so grateful that they aren't going anywhere. South Metro will continue to be their church home. And Kimberly and I, we're going to rely on their leadership. And we're going to rely on their experience for many, many years to come. That's right, and we believe the best is ahead for South Metro Ministries and for Go Church right here in Maryland and for your family and for ours. Uh, there's a scripture found in Isaiah 54, verse 2, where God tells us to enlarge the place of our dwelling, stretch our tent curtains wide, don't hold back, and to lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes. Mm. And everything about that verse tells us that God wants us to increase. He's saying, I have big things in store for each of you and for his church. And that's exactly what we believe, that God is up to something big. And he's asking all of us to get ready for what's to come. So we're so excited to see you, Lord willing, in January of 2018. We're praying for all of you during this season of transition. You pray for us. We love you. We're thankful for you. And we believe the best is ahead. So God bless and we'll see you soon. Please stand. And uh, Bishop leaned over to me and we both looked at each other when Kimberly quoted that verse from Isaiah 54 and he leaned to me and said, I hadn't seen that from her and looked at that video. That's the God thing. Now, I'll be doing this in the next service if you want to see me cry again. I want to make two statements. I'm going to let you go. Holy Spirit laid in my heart that the Lord didn't send us here 33 years ago to build what he's built through us for it to scatter. Transition and change always come with some degree of apprehension. 
So be a part of what God already be begun. Because I'm going to be. Then, over the course of the years, Bishop, my, some of my church family has said to me, we like your in-your-face bold preaching. Another lady in the church was introducing me to a friend for the first time, the visitor. The lady who'd been with us a while said, think about our pastors, make you laugh while he's ripping you apart. Between now and the end of March, I want you to know, I'll be cracking the whip. I won't be pulling out any old sermon. I got thousands of them. I'll, I'll be getting some fresh stuff. I always covet your prayers. Let's depart together in prayer. Reach, reach in my direction. God, uh, I thank you for the way that this word through myself and Bishop Madden and JC and Kimberly, through the elders, through my brothers and sisters here. I've wept before numerous times and I will weep again. But it won't be because I think you failed me. It's because I'm grateful that you used me. Use us all, oh God. Because we're running out of time. We want to redeem the time. Let the church say amen. Have a great day. God bless you as you go.